Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Oh, yeah. It is a happy, happy hour where we have Noel Kessler. Yeah, I was saying, right. it's like it's like I just took all of our six million listeners out for ice cream. Everyone's like, yay, <laughs> mommy got us Noel Kessler. Yay. This is your Christmas present to everyone. I know. You're welcome. A happy Christmas Hanukkah to you. Yeah. I well, What I was saying is it's not gossip. It's it's facts with Noel Kessler. Sure. He yes. worked with Trump at Apprentice. And, and Herschel so, Walker. Yes. He's got some good stories. That's a lot of shit. <laughs> I went down behind the scenes and uh-huh. we just it was a great conversation too just about the media and you know how do we how do they report on you know Hunter Biden's addiction and mm-hmm. ignore what appears to be obvious in terms of Donald Trump and uh, uh, what do you call it Don Jr.'s yeah alleged mm-hmm. addictions well. okay and also he did mention about Trump's crazy doctor getting was it murder or did he just mysteriously die and all, of to- Trump, and all of Trump's medical records went missing. Anyway, that and a lot more delicious treats with uh, Noel Kassler. Uh, happy, happy, happy Chris Mahana Kwanzaa yeah. and Noel Kassler happy hour to you. See you next year. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Oh, 
Oh, hi, Noel Kessler. Yay. How are you? Hey, hey, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. You don't have so much gossip as facts from having worked on The Apprentice with not just Donald Trump, but Herschel Walker. Yes. Do tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gossip is my game, but it's all true, you know? Yes. So what? T- talk to us about that, about working with Herschel you Walker. You know, Her- Herschel wasn't that bad behind the scenes. You know, back then he was pretty affable. He was pretty nice. He didn't seem like super right wing or homophobic. He wasn't the smartest guy in the world. I no? remember he got, no, exactly, shocker. I, I think I remember his challenge, like the week he was team leader, they had to, team leader, they had to bake muffins and they forgot to put sugar. It was like cupcakes or muffins. So after they came out of the oven, they drenched them in maple syrup. And I remember they handed them to like the judges and they were disgusted and he got fired that week, I believe, you know. <laughs> But he was also around when Joan Rivers was around, and you weren't going to get away with anything when Joan was right. on the show. Yeah, you know? yeah. Hi, yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, Travis and I are obsessed with last night's finale of White Lotus, and I just loved your tweet. You said next season of White Lotus is going to be at Mar-a-Lago, except no one's actually rich or good-looking, but they're all prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> I, can I just say for a minute that I think that second season of White Lotus was a masterpiece. When it finished last night, I was just like, man, that was just a ride and so enjoyable yeah. and i laughed for 10 minutes oh i don't want to give a spoiler yeah no, don't we, spoil. did, we did too when, when she said at that very climactic scene at the table on the boat when she goes what about Dieter and what's his face <laughs> <laughs> i'm crying yeah jennifer coolidge is a national treasure when she's talking to the captain these gays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These gays. Look what the gays have done to me. All right, you'll, you'll catch up if you Look haven't watched it. Look what the homosexuals have done to me. Right. Okay, so, Noel, where do we even start? Oh, my God. Every, I just said to you before, before we got on air, whenever I have you, I, I need you for, like, seven hours because it's just there's so much that happens, like, on a daily basis. First of all, let's just start with a general. Do you feel like... Donald Trump is any closer to justice, karma, whatever you want to call it. Yes, I absolutely do. I, I, I 100% think the walls are closing in on him. You know, we all know what happened last week in his legal case against the Trump organization, which was obviously a big part of his business was branding the Trump name and sticking it on the side of a building. So that is kind of gone. I think he was hoping for more of a bump when he announced, you know, he's running again. And apparently he hasn't left Mar-a-Lago since he made that announcement a month ago where he literally had to lock his followers into the ballroom because they were trying to leave halfway through the speech. So I mentioned that because a lot of what motivates Donald Trump is the narcissism, right? That's why they continue to have rallies when he was in office. He needs that bump and adulation from the public. Without it, he wilts. Do you, you know, like an ugly organ. We are yeah. sort of in the fat Elvis phase, but but as a stand-up comic, you must also notice the broken down, you know, amateur night kind of aspect of him at Mar-a-Lago every night, right? We get stray audio or him DJing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. He needs that bump. I used to tell people, like, when I saw him on Celebrity Apprentice, he wanted to get high, he wanted to hit on women, and he wanted people to clap and music to play when he walked in the room. Yeah. Like it was all immediate narcissistic stuff, right? He doesn't have a big picture sense, and he needs that to survive. He needs to walk into the wedding and cop a feel on the bride, you know, and grab the microphone and let everybody cheer him. It's pathological. You know, yeah. on Celebrity Apprentice, he would wait in the hallway 
before the after party, like when we finished taping the finale, the after party was across the hall at the Museum of Natural History. He would wait in the hallway and I'd go up and say, hey, what are you guys waiting for? Oh, for all the celebrities to get there so he could make an entrance. And I'm like, celebrities? Like it's Tom Green and, you know, Jesse James. Like this is, <laughs> Beyonce's not in there, bro. This is not, right. you know, an A-list thing. And we just saw you 10 minutes ago on set. Like, but yeah. he needs that bump of walking into a room and everybody looking at him. That's a driving factor in the pathology of Donald Trump. Oh my God. I love it. I love when you do these tweets. Y'all are acting like you've never seen a 76 year old criminal run a fraudulent company, cheat on his taxes, become POTUS, and then try and terminate the constitution while painted orange, wearing a diaper and a girdle, shoe lifts and a dead ferret on his head, get found guilty before. (laughs) (laughs) It does just go to the newness of all of this. Right. Right. Every day. It's just like that effing guy. Seriously. was president. Yeah. Yeah. It's the absurdity of this moment. You know, as you know, that's a series. Like, I do those tweets once or twice a year when something just beyond the pale, and it's like, are we really living here? You know, I want to tell the younger generation, this is not normal. This is not how it used to be. Like, we did not pay attention to politicians with the same sort of... That's a great point. (laughs) Kids are like, they think this is normal. Right. Right. How do we ever get back to normal, right? Right. Remember when we were kids, you know, at least, you know, you grew up obviously around politics and stuff. And I, and I had a pretty like politically involved family, but you would have to sort of force yourself to watch the State of the Union. You know, you'd yeah. be like, ah, oh, I can't watch the A-team tonight because the president's talking. You know? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally right? over that. Yeah. Totally. Mr. No, T got to. bumped again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You'd have to sort of force yourself to engage because it was dry and sober and involved compromise and gentlemen you know, sort of reaching, and women, reaching across the aisle. I worked on Capitol Hill in the late 80s. It was my first big job out of high school. I was, a, I was the in-house bike courier for the Congressional Budget Office. Oh you my know? God. And back in those days, you would see, you know, Senator, you know, Paul Simon would be walking the halls, Lloyd Benson, Ted Kennedy. It, it, was, it was very dry and very serious. You know, Tip O'Neill had just left, but there was... There was a sense that everybody was on the same team. It wasn't a WrestleMania kind of like we're here to destroy the other side. And and I think the the worst legacy of Trump, besides the absurdity and all that stuff, is that he divided Americans. You know, he made it this vote for your team, your jersey and the other guy's a bad guy. You don't get anything done as a nation when that becomes the norm. Now you just have Marjorie Taylor Greene trying to like out troll herself every day. Like that you can say things out loud like, oh, I would have done January 6th, but better. You know, I would have won. I would have done it. We would have been armed. You know, like it's just Mm -hmm. stuff that I I don't know how she continues to top herself. Right. Right. Because that's the formula, though. That's what she was hired to do. Right. QAnon and MAGA, they found her because they they knew she would be a troll and a very effective troll. People forget, but even before January 6th, the first little video she made when she got to D.C. was bitching about not being able to carry a gun. So she was in her hotel room, like with her weapons and like, I can't carry a gun in D.C., you know, like instant trolling, instant sort of, you know, beyond the pale rhetoric mm-hmm. and it, it works right because people tune into it they'll talk about her and what trump taught the republican party is there's no such thing as bad press yeah 
Um, you, I don't know if you were quoting someone here, I, or this was you, but I, this is very uh, titillating. You said, imagine a scenario where Trump, cornered and overcome by self-centered fear about his impending indictment, flees the country and directs his followers to fight on his behalf from his place of exile. This is not entirely implausible. I'm not sure there's anything that's implausible when it comes to Donald yeah. Trump. Because he's a, a coward, right? I mean... He's a coward. He won't stand and face the music. He won't really stand and fight. He's the kind of guy who will ask other people to do his bidding. You know, and obviously there's some logistics involved of an ex-president fleeing the country. But, you know, if somebody made him an offer, if he could go to Qatar or Kingdom of Saudi Arabia or Russia or something, rather than face the music, I feel like he would flee and he could continue his grift. You know, why I tweeted that was I wanted people to point out Trump is the kind of guy to get other people to fight on my behalf, right? You know, go attack the Capitol while I watch it on TV and eat hamburgers in the West Wing. <laughs> you know, like yes. he's a coward at heart. He, he dodged the draft five times yeah. when he in the 70s. You know, five other kids went and fought in Vietnam in his place. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that, and that's the character of him and his family. I mean, you know, what I you know, want to get your take on what Michael Cohen says, because, again, you know, people like you guys know him longer and better than any of the rest of us. And Michael Cohen says he'll use the classified stuff to blackmail the government uh, to say, like, uh, you know, do, I, do you want me to release around, you know, our nuclear, you know, positions to Iran <laughs> or whatever if if you indict me? I mean, I don't think that's outside the, the, the uh, realm of possibility. <laughs> It's absolutely not. Michael Cohen is correct. I did a, a car rant on that, too. Trump would have gone into the White House the first day with Jared and said, what's of value here? You know, what can we take to use as leverage later on or sell? And nuclear secrets, nuclear technology, you know, documents like describing that would have been at the top of the list. That's why he stole that stuff. Right. He wasn't taking like data on civil rights. You know, he yeah. wasn't taking USDA secrets on how we grow better wheat than the rest of the world. He was taking stuff he could sell in a heartbeat or leverage against his own criminality. And Michael's right. He'll definitely do that. He'll also throw his kids under the bus. Oh, my God. Um, you're always love that you're always thinking like a TV reality TV producer. You said uh, Storage Wars West Palm Beach FBI episode is going to be lit. <laughs> Um, you know, I, this stuff, it just, right. They're like, oh, the wait, there's more stuff at some storage locker. I mean, <laughs> this is just going to go on and on. Isn't it until they search all the properties I would think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they should, they should be searching Trump tower and Bedminster and, you know, up here in Westchester, he's got a golf club in Terrytown. He's got a big property up here. One of the ones that he inflated and said it was worth $300 million, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and is worth 10, you know, if that he's a hoarder. That's the other thing. You know, I'm the guy who pointed out the Sudafed originally yep. that was in his desk drawer in his office. And Trump would have like People magazines from 1986, like still on his desk in 2004. You know that he, he's a he, he's a pack rat. And, you know, yeah. the fact that you I mean, we all saw the pictures. There was boxes of documents that he's taking out of the White House. Right. Yeah. He famously went to France and stole all the stuff in the embassy that he was yes. staying. He took paintings and artwork, you know. Yeah. I Yeah. It is extraordinary. Which which case do you feel like is going to uh, bear fruit first? The I, I you know, I'm excited about like Fannie Willis in Georgia. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. you know, the prosecutors. I think that that she is sort of the most fearless. 
but I, I, I'm of the opinion that the Jack Smith stuff is really bad news for him, that yeah. they are moving fast in D.C. And I think of all the cases, that scares him the most, right? Because yeah. the other ones, you know, the New York, as I said, it hurts his business, but he's not going to jail, right? The, the espionage and that he was sort of, you know, the instigating factor behind January 6th, that's going to hurt him. And that's going to also leverage his Secret Service agents against him. Right. Mm -hmm. Tony Ornato yeah. and Bobby Engel. I went to high school with Bobby Engel. Oh, my we God. Were, yeah, he's married to a girl in my class, you know. So, like, he knows at a certain point those guys aren't going to take a bullet for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's well put. All right. Noel Kassler's here. And what's not fun about that? CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Noel Kassler is here. Ooh, there's a tweet for you. Uh, Republicans against Trumpism tweet. Uh, Trump to be criminally charged within a month, says former U.S. Attorney Preet Bahara. Mm. Wow. Noel Kassler, your thoughts? <laughs> That's impressive because Preet knows what of what he speaks. Yeah. So that that is uh, probably based on some inside knowledge. That's very impressive. Yeah. I, I Interesting. I know. I mean, I, it's all a guessing game at this point, right? We were saying, I guess, after the midterms, then after the runoff in Georgia. I, I mean, seems to me it's like it's indictment season. It, it absolutely is. And we're in that window that they have to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. You get any closer to the next presidential election and, and you, you, you know, we get into that whole quagmire. So I think if they're going to move, they're going to do it this winter. Yeah. Um, by the way, you had some great points about the Walker campaign. You said if losing doesn't make Herschel Walker unpopular with the GOP, conceding like a gentleman certainly will. <laughs> That was the thing we were most startled by. We were like, he conceded right away. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, where was that Herschel? Yeah. Like he was, he even seemed coherent, didn't he? Absolutely. If that guy had showed up on the campaign trail, it might have been, you know, even even closer than it was. I, I think we saw closer to who Herschel really is. Honestly, that was the kind of guy we saw behind the scenes on Celebrity Apprentice. A lot of his insanity, you know, was being fed to him. Right. He didn't have the aptitude to really speak on these issues. So they tried to give him these talking points. And I think he would just mangle them yeah. in his brain and start talking about vampires. But essentially his his humanity came out there a little bit and republicans don't want that right because yeah. it's not yeah. good for the grift you know? yeah yeah well you said uh, trump did in fact fundraise off the walker campaign and keep the money for himself classic trump what a bunch of chodes the gop are just <laughs> spineless men and women um and also has there ever been a more immoral block of voters than rural white voters you said the gop's only plan was voter suppression they barely even let the man talk this wasn't about issues it was about aiming as low as possible and hoping ignorant rubes wouldn't notice the grift disgusting i mean it really was it was just such a human prop thing 
Yeah, it was disheartening. And, you know, I grew up around black excellence. I grew up in PG County, Maryland in the 70s and early 80s. I was educated by, you know, brilliant black teachers. A lot of people were going to graduate school at the University of Maryland. You know, I grew up in the shadow of that. And if you're somebody who cares about that and you understand and appreciate the contributions you know, that black Americans have given to intellectual thought, to science, to the arts, to the humanities, and you throw up a caricature, you know, like yeah. Herschel Walker, the worst kind of idea of yeah. like a dumb athlete, you know, an unstable, violent guy. It, 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 it shouldn't have just been like deeply embarrassing to, to African-American community, which it was, and they spoke on anybody who cares about progress and putting the best foot forward yeah. should have been like, this is a moment beyond the pale. And the fact that their strategy was not just buffoonery, right, and stereotypes, it was voter suppression, which, which yeah. still exists. Brian Kemp did that. You yeah. Know? Oh, the whole thing was with the white handlers and, you know, as somebody's tweeted, they said, my racist uncles love this. You know, Fran Frangela was talking about, you know, the absent father. Mm -hmm. The right wing loved, you know, having this caricature to, to you know, to talk about. And it's just, ugh. As, someone's, yeah. as someone said, it was like a dumpster fire rolled into a train wreck that fell into an orphanage and then an animal shelter that you had to just watch <laughs> through your hand until it was over. Yeah, that's well said. And you know what I think the end game was there? Georgia is one of the few states where the governor gets to pick the senator if they have to resign. That's how we got Kelly Loeffler, right? Yeah. So I think the end game was they would have put Herschel in the Senate had they won. And a couple months into it, they said they would have said, hey, we got this other dossier. We found 10 more kids that you fathered. You got to step aside now and let us replace you. Yeah. You know, they would have blackmailed Herschel himself, and then Governor Kemp would have given the seat back to Purdue or Loeffler or somebody like that. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk Musk. You tweeted Elon Musk should become a pariah, and everyone should do all they can to boycott any product he sells, including U.S. government support for SpaceX. He is not fi uh, uh, fit to shine Dr. Fauci's shoes. I mean, the fact that, you know, he's talking about prosecuting Fauci. Mm -hmm. First of all, you know, in a slam against pronouns and trans people, and secondly— I, just this idiocy of prosecuting yeah. a doctor who has, has dedicated his life to to, you know, keeping Americans alive is just I, 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 I kept thinking, oh, there's no other line that Elon Musk will cross. And here it is. Right. It, it's beyond the pale. You know, and, and over a million Americans have died from COVID. We're not out of it yet. So to make light of it, to, to use the slur against the, you know, trans community and and to sort of like bit in the face of that kind of service. You know, I, I went to NIH 17 years ago. My life was saved at NIH, National Institutes of Health, of which Fauci was the head. Mm -hmm. I was down there for a month. I was there for rehab, like substance yeah. abuse stuff. But I participated in a protocol and I saw children. The pediatric oncology ward was near me. I saw what these families were going through, what these doctors were going through, you know, it's research science. This yeah. is where they broke the genetic code. It's where they developed AZT. It's about saving lives. And this guy who's only taking and not giving, you know, who's got everything in the world and he continues to sort of hurt and maliciously slam people is just beyond the pale. Yeah. By the way, speak because you've uh, spoken before, you know, substance abuse. I, can you tell me why? Is it just a media failing again that we just don't talk about Trump senior and juniors obvious drug problems? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I'd love to speak on that because it's codependency, right? Mm-hmm. Addiction is a family disease. That's what you learn when you get into you know, recovery. People go to Al-Anon, it affects the whole family and people don't like to talk about it. We're not comfortable as a nation addressing it as the medical issue it is. It's a disease, right? It's not a lifestyle choice, it's a disease. It's like diabetes or something else. Recovery from it depends on your behavior, right? But we don't like to talk about that stuff. Trump was obviously addicted. The reason I pointed it out was not so much that he even did the substances, right? I work with rock bands. If you can do the drugs and finish the gig, more power to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was a road manager for Crosby, Stills and Nash. Like I, I'm used to 70 year olds that will talk before the show, right? What I tried to point out with Trump was the isms underneath addiction, the self-centered fear, the resentment, the paranoia, the thinking only of yourself that is very dangerous in a leadership position, right? Because it's an unhealthy person, right? And that's what I was trying to show people and get them to talk about with Trump. Media wouldn't touch it. You know, I I sat down with Carl Bernstein. He was an old friend of mine. I've known Carl for a long time. And we tried to make the story, you know, so we could run with it with three sources. There was myself, another person in production who was willing to go on the record. And then it came down to his doctor, Dr. Bornstein, who was his doctor feel good on the Upper East Side, who mysteriously died in January 2020, just found dead in his house, right? Very convenient. But Carl said, that's the key to the story. Without the medical records, we can't prove this. And Trump himself sent his bodyguards to steal those medical records in February of 17. So to answer your question, I know it was long winded. We don't talk about it because we're uncomfortable and network executives fear their lawyers. They fear jumping into that quagmire. Yeah. So it's easier to pretend like it doesn't exist. But it's just Don Jr. talking about Hunter Biden's drug stuff. Yeah. makes my. I'm like, you're obviously coked to the gills. Your eyes are like yeah. slits. And we're just supposed to ignore the hypocrisy? Right. And in a relapse, Don Jr. was dry. When I worked with a couple of Trump's kids have addiction issues, no shame in it, but they were all dry when I was around them. Right. Mm -hmm. So Don relapsed early into his dad's, you know, tenure and it's a public relapse. And it shows you the the character of that family that his sister, you know, or or his mom or or his mom's dead now. But somebody doesn't say, hey, dude, stop with the videos every night. You know what I mean? We're going to send you to Betty Ford or just go live in a cabin somewhere and, you know, snort to your heart's content. But get off TikTok. Yeah. By the way, we have one degree of Stephen Stills separation because I'm friends with Stephen. And I just want to say I was a different era because the only Coke he had was the actual liquid. I remember my friend Trish going going to the store to get the right kind of Coke. But it was like he Coca-Cola. wanted the classic and not yeah. the right. Exactly. Yeah. So I was in a different models. era of Crosby Stills. Uh, His only addiction lived, was the classic. Exactly. I lived on a tour bus with Stephen for about four years of my life. Wow. And that was my job, getting the little Coke bottles yes. in the glass. Yes. And they were like gold to me. You know, I'd be slipping somebody a 50 in Houston to fill up the bus refrigerator with them and stuff. You know? My friend Trish became a roadie. I'm like, go to the store. and get the, I don't keep soda here. Get the right kind of Coke for Stephen Stills. Yeah, Not that hilarious. kind. Yeah. Stephen played over the weekend in San Francisco. Just to give a shout out to Stephen, oh, awesome. he joined Jim Irsay on stage and Kenny Wade Shepard. I was happy to see it. I love Stephen. He, oh, a genius. A genius. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got to, we, we, he had a, when he had a new album out, he invited us over and we got to, he grabbed a guitar off the wall and started playing with it. And I looked at my friend, I was like, these are really good seats for a Crosby Stills concert. 
water. That's like hilarious. Two feet away. It was fantastic. Um, Patrick in Massachusetts, you are on with Noel Kessler. Hey, Pat. Hey, Stephanie. Merry Christmas to everybody Thank on you. the set. I've got my wife's car, so I'm, uh, I'm fortunate enough to have Sirius in the car, so I do enjoy listening to you. But I have a quick difference of opinion if I'm uh, entitled to it. I guess my question that, that, that I'd like to ask your guest and your audience is, well, what happened to the doctrine of not negotiating the postage takers? And uh, I'm speaking specifically towards, you know, Ms. Greiner, who I guess I would like to put the switch on you when you said that the reason that the, uh, the right is up in arms is because she's a black lesbian um, professional basketball player that got traded for a known arms dealer that killed Americans. So I guess that... So we should not, not have gotten an American home. We should not have tried to get an American home of any kind? Well, that's my question, Steph. If this happens again, because, again, the precedent that it could set, but I'm not saying that it will, I mean, what is the rationale that you would set if somebody committed, you know, 10 murders and then we caught him and then the government wants him? Would you trade him for just an, uh, uh, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm misspeaking, for an American that's just plain Joe Smith or Jane Doe? Yes, I don't. It's suddenly know how everyone is an expert in international uh, hostage negotiation uh, negotiations. I, I mean, I. That's the problem. Is like you when you start like getting into this. First of all, there was no deal for Paul Whelan. He's not a spy, as right. Russia says he is. We don't have a spy in our custody except for Donald Trump that we could trade back. So there was no deal. So it's like to kind of go, well, you should have done this and this, or you right. couldn't have done that. I, I, I mean, I think the America only, the only, even the Whalen family said the only deal on the table was to get Brittany home. Right. Yeah. I think America is clear in that we don't pay a ransom right. for hostages. Right. Um, we never have, but right. I, but we've done trades like this throughout our yeah. history. Yeah. This isn't unprecedented. Well, yeah. And also, we're not in the habit of arresting Russians who are here for taking drugs. We're not in the, yeah. in, the, in the business of doing those kinds of like these show trials and putting someone away for no reason for like how many years of hard labor. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's not well, what I we mean, do. So we, and there's you must not a, laugh at you know Trump trying to sound tough on Russia, like oh this wouldn't have happened if I. It's like first of all, you didn't get Paul Whelan home. Right. If Putin, you're such a good close personal friend of Putin's. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, let's chase that down for a minute, right? Paul yeah. Whelan was taken in 19, right? If I'm correct, yeah. it was during Trump's administration. Trump yeah. had more than five off-the-record meetings with Putin, right? Yeah. At the G8 summit in South America and Helsinki, all these private meetings that Trump had and bragged about the inside track he had with Putin, none of them were able to negotiate the release of Paul Whelan. And the second thing to address your caller's point, we're dealing with a nation state. This is Russia. This is not a bunch of guys who grab somebody in a van off the street. Those are yeah. the kind of terrorists you don't negotiate with because it encourages. These are not, you know, drug dealers or something that are sending us a thumb and saying, put a million dollars in the bank, right? This is a nation state that we're negotiating with in a yeah. very sensitive geopolitical situation. Yeah. I mean, I do get the dilemma. This is why it's dangerous for Americans, because like, yeah, they can just keep grabbing, grabbing Americans and going mm -hmm. like, what can we get for this? You know, so it, yeah. it is a, a tough dilemma because, you know, what do you do? I mean, but the thing with Trump, I'm like, remember, he bragged about how close he was to Kim Jong Un. They delivered Otto Warmbier's corpse back to us, basically. Like, was that a great deal? I mean, he I didn't. Know. Yeah. You know, and yeah. we were t we keep talking about the 5,000 Taliban, including the head of the Taliban, who Trump let out for nothing, for nobody, for no nothing exactly. in exchange. Right. Exactly. 
and in Syria when he pulled out overnight and, and yeah. left our bases to the Russians, bases that we built with American labor and sweat, you know, that our troops sat out there building. The next day they were occupied by Russian troops and we left the Kurds that had fought alongside us to be slaughtered, including yeah. women journalists and stuff. It's beyond the pale, but it's it's an easy knee jerk thing to say, oh, well, why did they leave the Marine? First of all, he was dishonorably discharged from the Marines. He was going to get out in 10 years anyway. He was 11 years into his sentence or whatever the, you know, the guy yeah. we traded. Yeah. It wasn't, you know. Yeah. There, there's a lot of other arms dealers out there. I'm not saying it's a pretty trade, but like, right. you know, right. come on. Yeah. No. Yep. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro. Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.